God, I pray that you would, you would be in this space with us this morning, that you would move freely in our hearts and in our minds. God, will we give you permission to move in our hearts and minds this morning? God, would the words that, that come out of my mouth this morning, would they just please not be mine? We don't need my words. We need your words this morning for your people on your day, in your place. God, we give you all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, we're in our Rooted series right now, uh, talking about what we're all about, why we're all about it, what's going on here at the church. Uh, and so uh, last week we kind of took a break as Rob was here. It wasn't Rob great. I, I loved the message that Rob preached last week. Uh, it, was just, it was just fun to have him here. It was really nice to just sit next to my wife, too, and it was, and it was really nice. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, we, so last week we took a break, but on, the, on, the, on New Year's Day, on January 1st, we were talking about our value of Connect, uh, and this whole series, like I said, is going to be about our, our core values. They're on the back of your bulletin, Connect and Grow and Serve. What are we about? Why are we all about them? What does this even look like at our church? And so as we talked about Connect, I really encourage us just to, to be a community of people who is always looking to widen the circle, right? We're going we're gonna to widen the circle as much as possible, as, as many people as, as want to and can fit can get in here, right? And we're going to be a, a community of people that consistently love each other, that love each other no matter what, no matter what happens in life, no matter what is going on, no matter life circumstances, we're going to love each other. And we're going to encourage one another, right? That when we ask each other, hey, how are you doing? And we need to be ready to say, hey, well, you know, do you have five minutes? And the answer to that question should always be, yes, I do have five minutes. I can talk to you about this. I, I want to encourage you. I want to be there with you. I want to live through this with you. I want to I walk next to you through what you're going through. I want to be an encouragement to you. But also, we just want to be real. We want to be authentic. And when people come into this place and they come into our community, they see a, a, real, a group of just real people who are, who are honest and vulnerable and open and, and just truly love each other and truly love Jesus. And that's, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about connecting with each other. And, but I told you that week that, that God really built us for two things, right? For connection, relationship, right? With one another, but also a relationship with Him. Relationship with God. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. We're talking about this, this value of growing. What does it look like to, to value growing in, in Christ at this church? What does it look like to do that? Have you ever worked out? Ever been a, a workout or played sports or anything like that? I've told you before, uh, I, was, I was pretty good at basketball back in the day. Uh, you wouldn't know it looking at me now. Uh, I used to work out pretty often, and uh, I was pretty good at basketball. One time, uh, I was second in league in three-pointers in, in, my, in my senior year, junior, senior year. Second in the league in three-pointers made during the season. Okay? My, one, of my, one of my most proud moments in, in my high school basketball career was when I, I had, in the first half of a game, I had six three-pointers. One was at the buzzer of halftime. Uh, and I was at like 40 feet away from the basket, just kind of got the ball, turn around, threw it up, just swish. And the whole crowd just goes nuts, and they're chanting, Archer, Archer. I loved it, right? That was like a moment that I will always remember <laughs> when the crowd was just chanting my name, right? And so I, I loved basketball. I loved sports. I loved watching it in my, in my room in, in high school. I had two TVs, right? 
which tells you a little bit something about my family. We can talk about that later. I had two TVs in my, in my room. I had one with TV on it for the sole purpose. I, I, would, I would pay for the NBA season pass, right? I would just watch basketball all night, every night, right? I was just all about basketball. And the other TV was for video games, which was mostly basketball, right? I wanted to play basketball as much as I could. I ate and I slept and I played basketball. That's, 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 that was my life, my junior year and senior year in high school especially. So when I was playing basketball, we would work out all the time. Uh, well, not all the time, like three times a week. We'd go down from practice and go into the weight room and work out. And uh, back, in, back then we had this saying that's probably still true today, curls for the girls, right? We want to do the curls for the girls. All the curls just build the bicep muscles, right? Sun's out, guns out kind of thing. You know, all these, all these different things, all these different sayings that we used to say that were just really dumb. But, you know, that's what it was all about, just about having just these visual, just huge muscles. And, and that's, what, that's what I wanted to do. So when we worked out, I was all about working my arms and just looking just ripped out. My coach, though, didn't want to do that. He had something else in mind. Uh, he, he wanted us to do, like, these plyometrics, and he wanted us to do... Uh, do all these different exercises and workouts that had nothing to do with our arms or our legs. They were just all about our, our core. And he said, out of your core, everything else will just come. Right? If you have a strong core, if you're able to, to do the work and put in the hard work and have a strong core, I promise you everything else will come. You'll be able to jump higher. You'll be able to lift more. You'll be able to do all of this stuff. If you just work out your core and, and get your core all settled. I hated, hated core workouts. They were, they were hard workouts, right? It's easy to lift a curl, curl bar, right? It's hard to keep doing continual... <laughs> just shake her head, no. Uh, it is, though, so most of the time. It's easy to do, lift a curl bar, right? But it, it's, it's harder sometimes to work at the, at the parts that don't really get a lot of work sometimes, right? Your core, the, the core of, of who you are, just this area right here, you know, the part that I'm not obviously working out right now, right? <laughs> this part. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the important thing to work out. Yeah, without a strong core, you will never be able to be as strong as you could be. That's what my coach always used to say. Without a strong core, nothing else really matters. I was thinking about that this week as I started thinking about this, this grow, right? As, as I was thinking about what does it look like to to grow in our relationship with Christ, to be a people who, who value growth, who value just this, this, this ability to grow in Christ, the desire, this, this hunger for Christ. And I, just said, I was thinking about just our spiritual core. Sometimes I think we, we do these exercises that are designed really just to kind of make us look good. Right? We, we read the Bible and we'll, 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 like, we'll read all these different kind of books and just, just so we can go to a Bible study and say, well, hey, I was reading this and I was reading this and this is what this guy says and this guy says, well, what do you believe? What do you think? What do you know? Right? What is God saying to you? Right? We do all these exercises. We, we kind of read these weird things and we read blogs and we read all this kind of stuff for the sole reason of just knowing more. We want to make our brains look big. Right? We want to be able to, to be able to have these conversations where people just think like, man, they've got it. Right? They, they've get, they get it. They know it. They, they know what they're talking about. But it's more than just, just knowing what you're talking about. Right? It's more than just doing these, doing these exercises to make your brain bigger. It's about a way of life. It's about 
following Jesus in the way that he lived and in the way that he calls us to live, it's about much more than just head knowledge. That's kind of the equivalent to doing just the curls. It's deeper than that. It's more than that. We've got to have some growth at the core of who we are or else nothing else is really going to make a difference. There are a lot of people who if I had a question about what Scripture says about something, I could go to, and they could give me a straight answer, and they'd know what they were talking about. But if you looked at their life, you wouldn't know that about them. That's the kind of growth I'm talking about. That's, that's the kind of growth that I want to kind of dive into today. Right? The goal is, is really to be, to be more Christ-like. Right? Uh, Ephesians 5.1 tells us to be imitators of Christ. Right? Be imitators of Christ. Right? 1, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Why don't you go to 1 Corinthians with me here? Because I love what Paul says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. Here's what he says. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. I had a note in my Bible that I, that I crossed out this week. Right? And in my note in the Bible it says, role of pastor. Follow my example as I follow Christ. I crossed the pastor out this week. And I wrote in my margin here, it's the role of every single Christ follower. Follow me as I follow Christ. Right, follow me. Follow me as I follow Christ. That means, that means we're following the example of Christ, the, the mission of Christ, and the values of Christ, and the priorities of Christ, and, and the teachings of Christ, and the attitude of Christ. We're, we're looking at every single one of these things, and we're following the lead of Jesus in this. So we can be able to say, Follow me, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Right? Who was Jesus at his core? Right? What was he all about? He was all about reaching people. He was all about reaching the lost. Right? We, heard, we heard Pastor Rob last week talk about the kinds of people that Jesus would, would bring to this church. And, and maybe he wouldn't even be here at the church. He'd be downtown somewhere. He would be after, after the one lost in the city. Right? He would... Jesus would do all the what are the priorities of Christ and how can we be about those priorities? What was it at Jesus' core that should be at the core of who we are? Right, what, are, the, what, are what are the core muscles? We need a healthy core because who we are on the inside, it changes the way that we speak, it changes the way that we act, it changes the way that we live, it changes our action. Right, this, who we are on the inside counts, and it matters. Follow me as I follow the example of Christ. What is our, what is the, our spiritual core? What does that even look like? What does that mean? I mean, how can we, how can we know what our, what our spiritual core muscles are? I think, I think Jesus gives us gives us some of that in Matthew chapter 22. So if you turn there, this is going to be kind of our, our home base for today. Matthew chapter 22, Jesus is, is, is teaching and, and uh, 
He's teaching his disciples. He's teaching the crowds. And, and uh, he has just been challenged by the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And he comes up with this answer that just kind of puts him in their place. And in chapter 22, verse 34, he says, Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. He got them, but he might not be able to get us, right? <laughs> I don't know what they're thinking here, but anyways. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. We'll talk about the loving neighbor as ourself next week when we talk about serve. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. For me, I mean, this is, this is a, a picture we have found, I think, what Jesus would maybe call our spiritual, our core muscles. Our heart, our soul, and our mind. What does it look like to, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart and your soul and all of your mind? Well, let's start with heart. Right? When Jesus is talking about the, the love of the Lord your God with all your heart, the, the people listening would, would have understood this as the, this is kind of the heart is the way that people kind of talk about just the, the deepest part of who you are. Right? Love the Lord your God from the deepest part of who you are. Right? Not, just a, not just a surface level love, not just a, not just a, a brotherly kind of love, from the, from the core of who you are. Love the Lord your God. I remember our, our, our wedding day, May 23rd, 2008. Heading up on nine years. We thought nine years was last year. That's, yeah. I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad year, but uh, last year we got to our anniversary and we were celebrating nine years and then we looked it up and we were like, this is only eight. I hope that's a good thing. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but we're heading up on nine years now. But I remember... Standing on the, on the platform in front, of, in front of our friends and family, our close friends and family, and just pledging our love to, to each other. And we weren't saying, I'll give you this part of me, and this part of me, and this part of me. When I stood up there and I gave my vows and she gave her vows, I was saying, Rachel, I give you the deepest part of who I am. I'm giving you all of me today. I'm giving you all of me. This is, this, is what, this is what God desires of his people. Right, they're all over scripture, there's imagery of, of the wedding between God and Christ and his church. Right? This, is, this is what he wants. He wants this, this, this wedding, this being able to say, like, God, I give you all of me. And here's the coolest part. When I, when I pledged 100% of myself to Rachel, she did the same. When we, when we pledge all of ourselves to God, God returns the favor. He pledges 100% of himself, all of himself, to us. 
Man, how amazing is that? Like, this is the, this is the bargain of the century. Right? I give you everything that I am, God, and instead, and, and I get all of what you are. Sign me up right now today. Yeah, but this, this, is what, this is the imagery of the Bible, right? Is, is this, this, this giving of ourselves wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y, to God. All of ourselves, all of ourselves belong to Jesus. All of ourselves belong to God. We give from the deepest part of who we are. We love the Lord our God. The deepest part of who we are. Right? Marriage only works if, if 100% of our, ourselves are committed. Right, we can we can look. I think I think God God doesn't want just part of us. He doesn't want just part of our heart. He doesn't want just just a little bit of us. He wants every single part of who we are, from the deepest part all the way out. All right, if you need proof, you go. You can go to Isaiah with me. Isaiah chapter twenty nine. Isaiah 29. Here's what it says. The Lord says, These people, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules that they have been taught. I mean, just, just grasp that real quick. This is God speaking to his people here. He's saying, these people come near to me with their mouth, and they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules that they've been taught. Right? You, you cannot make the case in Scripture that God is at all okay with getting just a little bit of us. The case cannot be made. Like God is not at all impressed by empty words or by, by, by heartless actions. He's not impressed by that. He doesn't want that. He wants every single part of who we are. He doesn't even look at, he doesn't look at the outward appearance. He doesn't look at all this stuff, right? We, we look in 1 Samuel. If you want to turn back to 1 Samuel with me, 1 Samuel 16, right? God is, is sends... Uh, <clears throat> send Samuel to go and look for the next king. Right? Saul is just is done at this point with God. Or I should say God is probably done at this point with Saul, right? But Saul sends Samuel to go and find the next king. And I love this. Samuel, Samuel goes and, and he does what the Lord says. He goes to this town. It says this in verse 6. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the anointed stands here before the Lord. Right, Eliab is the oldest, he's the strongest. Right? He's, and, and the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. And I want, I want you to grasp, the Lord does not look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. He does not look at the outward appearance, he looks at the heart. He looks at the heart. Does not, doesn't look at the outward appearance. Doesn't really, doesn't really care about what you look like on the outside. It's about the heart. All right, there's another example in Revelation chapter 2. If you want to turn all the way back 
to the back of the book. Revelation chapter 2. Jesus is speaking and he says this. These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand. I'm starting at verse 1, by the way. And walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you've tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love that you had at first. Consider how far you've fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place. I think about this. Like Jesus is, is calling to his people, saying, like, you, you, you've forgotten. You've forgotten this. I mean, how many of you remember the very first time that you came to Christ? The feeling that you had in the very core of who you are, just this, this excitement, this love for Christ, this, this, this energy to just go and do whatever God wants you to do. Like when you come to Christ, there's this moment of, God, I will do whatever you want me to do. Right? Wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to say, whatever, I will go, God. I'm so, I'm in love with you. I, I want you. I'm hungry for you. I want more. Right? And as we go and we go and we go, right, we do the things that we're supposed to do. Even in this Revelation passage, right? I, I know that you can't tolerate wicked people. You've tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You've persevered. You've endured hardships for my name. You've not grown weary. You've been, you've been doing all the right things, but you've forgotten your first love. You've forgotten your first love. I mean, as we were reading in uh, Matthew chapter 6, if you're reading through the Bible in here with me, that was last week, Matthew chapter 6. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? And I will look at them and I will say, depart from me because I never knew you. There are many in our churches today who are doing the right things. but do not love the Lord their God with their whole heart. Don't love the Lord their God from the core being of who they are. I think there's, there's some reasons for that, right? Sometimes we just have these, these heart blockages. Right? Sometimes we just get bored. We get bored with doing the same thing over and over again. We get bored with, with reading the same passages. and We just kind of get bored with it. We get, we get bored. That's what I'm saying. Do you remember the very first time? Do you remember the very first time that you came to Christ? Do you remember the last time that you heard from Christ and the excitement that that brings every single time that you get a word from Christ? That's exciting. Sometimes we just get bored. We get bored with our faith. So we have this kind of heart stoppage. And sometimes we just become almost too familiar. We take everything for granted. Not that anything is, is bad, right? But we just take it for granted. We don't, we don't think through everything. We don't, we don't really talk about why we do things. We don't really talk about, about what it is that this even means. Like, we're going to take communion later. Right? Communion is one of those things that can just be such a familiar thing that we forget even why we do it or, or what it means when we do it. 
Right? I hope that as we've done this every single time, I've been able to remind you and have you reflect on why it is that we take this, right? Some of these things can just become too familiar, right? And it kind of gives us a little heart blockage. Sometimes we're just living in sin or disobedience. Right? There's a quote that I love. It says this, if we are not obedient to the last thing God asked us to do, we cannot be entrusted with more. If we are not obedient to the last thing God asked us to do, we cannot be entrusted with more. Sometimes I think, I hear people talk to me, and they say, Pastor, I just haven't, I haven't heard God tell me to do anything in so long. And this is just my thought here. I don't have necessarily scholarship to, to back me up on this. Sometimes I wonder if maybe the reason that we haven't heard anything new to do is because we haven't fulfilled the last thing we were told to do. I this quote, if, if, if we cannot obey, the, the, if we're not obedient to the last thing God asks us to do, we cannot be entrusted with more. But here's, here's the coolest thing about our heart, right? Even, even, even if we're at a place where we just feel like our heart is just having trouble beating, right? Our heart, I'm having trouble giving my whole, my whole heart to God. I'm having trouble doing all of this. Like maybe, maybe the boredom or the familiarity or maybe it's the sin of disobedience and there's a lot of other heart stoppages, right? There's a lot of other causes for heart attacks. Think about this. The, the coolest thing, the good news of the gospel is this, that you can have a heart transplant. The good news of the gospel is that God can give you a brand new heart. Amen. A brand new heart, right? You go all the way back to Ezekiel in the Old Testament, right? Ezekiel, you, you can get a heart transplant, right? He's, God is, is, is talking to all these people who have been living in sin, right? Living in, in these impure ways. And here's what he says in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 25 through 27. He says this, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse from you. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. I, I want to read this again. I, I honestly want you to grasp this this morning. This is, this is the gospel as told by Ezekiel in the Old Testament right here, right? Like, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will remove you from your I will remove from you your heart of stone and place in you a heart of flesh. And I will give you my spirit. I will, I will put my spirit in you to move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. That's hope right there for me. Because sometimes I do get caught up. I get caught up in, in being bored. I get caught up with just being familiar, right? Like, I read my Bible every single day. Sometimes it just gets familiar. Like, even, I've been reading, I've been reading the, my Bible in a year thing over there. You should be doing with me. If you're not, do it. <laughs> right, go get one today. Catch up. But start on today, if you're going to start. 
sidetrack, sorry. I've been reading this, right? I've been reading my Bible in a year, right? And I've been going through, and I find myself going through these, these passages in, in Genesis and in Matthew so far, right? And I, I find myself sometimes, some days, I've, I've repented of this on a couple of days, right? God, forgive me. I, I was so familiar with this passage that I missed it for a long time. And I was telling you a story, I think, about last week about having my... My, my, this, this Matthew chapter 3 be in my head for like weeks. Right? I, I, I just, I've missed that for so long. Right? I've gone from the Christmas story, and then one of my favorite stories is, is in Matthew chapter 4, as Jesus is tempted by the Spirit, or tempted by Satan in the desert. Kids are learning about that today, right? That's the story they're going over. Right? I, I've skipped over chapter 3 sometimes. Where chapter 3 is, is John the Baptist is calling people out, saying, You brood of vipers. Right, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And I just had to pray for forgiveness. God, forgive me for missing this for so long. I've been familiar with, with my reading. I've just been coasting by. Forgive me. You can have a new heart. You can have, have a heart transplant this morning. Let's keep going. I've been talking for a long time. I'm hard. I apologize. Let's go to soul. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. What does it mean to, to love the Lord your God with all of your soul? The soul, as Jesus is talking about the soul, is it, the, the, the soul was commonly thought of back in that time as, as the place where, where your actions stem from. Right? The place where your actions stem from. There, it's kind of the, the heart is the core, the deepest part of who you are. And this the soul is kind of the, the place that your actions come from. Right? And so as I began to think about this, love the Lord your God with all of your soul, what would, this, what would this even look like for us in the church? What would this look like at, at Fresno First if we love the Lord our God with all of our soul, the place where all of our actions come from? And I was led to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Right? The, the soul, the deepest part of our emotions that spur action and here's, here's, here's what I want to think about this morning. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Against these things there is no law, Scripture says. Right? These, are the, these, these, are, these are emotions, right? These are, these are things that we feel. But these aren't just simply emotions that we feel. These are, these are emotions that... That, that, that require action. There's something that comes out of this. If you, and I want you to say, it doesn't, there's no S on fruit. Right? It's not the fruits of the Spirit. Like you can just maybe have a couple of these. right? No, th- this is the fruit of the Spirit. When the Spirit is in you, you have love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. Right? You have all of these. Fruit of the Spirit. When you have these, though, it causes action. There has to be action that comes out of these. Right? A joyful life. You're going to do some things in your life. If you're, if you're living in joy, if you're living in the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord is what? Your strength, Scripture says. Right? If you're living in the joy of the Lord, right, it's going to cause some action. Right? Gentleness is, is, is something like that requires someone else most of the time. Self-control, I guess, is yourself. But right, what is it doing? It's keeping you from certain actions. 
or keeping you on point with the actions that you are doing, right? There, this, 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 is what, this is what I'm saying. Like as, we, as we grow in our soul, as we grow in these, we need to look at these fruits of the Spirit and say, man, does, can, this, can I say I'm here? Can I say this describes me? Can I say any part of my life is described by, by love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control? I think I'm forgetting one, but it doesn't matter. Like there's, 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 does it describe me? And if not, God, help me. God, would you help me to grow in this area? Would you help me to to live by your spirit? God, I invite your spirit to come in and to to live in and through me so that the actions that I take are spurred from these emotions that you give me by your spirit. God, this the joy that I have. May it be only from you. And may the joy that comes from you just push me towards action. God, would the gentleness that I have in my life, would it be only from you? And would this gentleness allow me to touch people for you, God? God, would this patience that I get only from you, would it allow me to to be patient with someone who I need to be patient with, God, for your glory? God, this self-control that comes only from you, God, would you empower me by your spirit? to be self-controlled so that the actions that I take or don't take are for your glory. And this is what it means to grow in your soul. Love Lord your God with all of your heart, but with all of your soul, from the deepest part of who you are, but also from, from the outward actions that come from these emotions that are given to you by the Holy Spirit. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, And with all your mind. Actually, go back to soul with me for a second. How do we, how do we even have this, right? How do, we, how, do we, how do we allow our soul to get to this place? Right? Psalm 23, one of my favorite psalms, probably one of your favorite psalms, says this. The Lord is my shepherd, shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. Some versions say he refreshes my soul. And if I, that's, that's my, my prayer for us this week, honestly. That we would be so in step with the Spirit that as we, as we allow God to move in our lives, that he would just refresh and restore our souls so that we can love the Lord our God with all of our soul. How do we do that? We rest in the Lord. It's by spending time with him, by, by making God a, a priority in our lives and making sure we're, we're listening, making sure we're praying, making sure we're reading, making sure we're, we're in the word and, and that, we're, that we're opening up ourselves to the leading of the Spirit. And that's, that's what it's all about. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, the deepest part of who you are. Love the Lord your God with all of your soul, where, where, where these, these actions stem from. And with all your mind. With all your mind. Philippians chapter 2 gives us a little picture of, of what our mind should look like. We read this during Christmas time as well. In your relationship with one another, have the same attitude of mind that Christ Jesus had. The same attitude of mind that Christ Jesus had. 
right? This is another one of those follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Be imitators of Christ, right? Fix our mind on the things that be, have the same attitude of mind, same attitude of mind that Christ Jesus had. And we go to Colossians chapter 3. two says this. This is what we should set our minds on. Set our minds on things above, not on earthly things. Why? For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Right? Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, not on earthly things. There's, there's another passage in, in Philippians chapter 4, 4 verse 8. It says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is, is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. God, this is Paul saying this. Put it into practice. Whatever you've heard or seen or, or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Where's your mind at? What does it look like to love the Lord your God with all of your mind? To set your mind on, on heavenly things, not on earthly things. To think about the things that are lovely and admirable and pure and and there's a lot of things today that we put into our minds that have nothing to do with being admirable or pure or, or anything like that. The, in, the intake affects the outflow. Whatever you put into your mind affects the outflow of your heart and the outflow of your mouth, <laughs> the outflow of the core of who you are. I really think to love the Lord your God with all of your mind is to really be intentional about the things that you allow in. Maybe it's something you watch. Maybe it's something you listen to. Maybe it's something that, I don't know, maybe your friends just gossip and talk a lot about and they're just negative all the time. There's a lot of negativity going on right now, right? And all I have to say is politics and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Right? Like there's a lot of just negative things that are just out there that just kind of they take hold of our mind and they, they just they don't let go. Right? But the scripture says whatever is lovely, whatever is pure, whatever is admirable, right? think about think about heavenly things, not earthly things. Fix your mind on these. Put your mind on these things. But this is this is the hard thing, right? I mean this is not just something that happens, right? It's not just something that, that changes overnight. I mean, it's going to take some work to do this, but, but I have encouragement for you this morning because Romans chapter 12 says that we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And we don't do that renewing. God does that renewing, right? Not only can your heart be made new, your soul can be refreshed by the Spirit, by God. Your mind can be renewed by God. Every single one of these core muscles, right? Every single one of the core muscles that we're talking about today, the heart, the soul, and the mind, every single one of these, yeah, there's going to be some work involved. 
There's going to be work involved. There's going to be work involved to be able to love the Lord your God from the deepest part of who you are. There's going to be some work involved to be able to truly say, I love the Lord the God with all my soul, with all the, the part of me that, that all this action stems from. There's, there's going to be some work involved to love the Lord your God with all your mind, to, to, to change some of the things that are going in, to, to affect the outflow. Right, there's going to be some work involved, but I, I want to encourage you this morning. God is in this as well. With every single one of these muscles, I've shown you in Scripture how God can help us through this. Right? God in Ezekiel says, I'll, I will give you a new heart. Right? In Psalms 23, we hear about God restoring, refreshing our souls. Right? Romans 12, we hear this, this God is, can, can transform us by, by renewing our mind. Right? These core muscles are so important for us. And this is really what the growth council of the grow group is really all about it's about helping the people in our church to grow in christ to grow these core muscles to help you to to think about the right things to help you to be on the right track to help your soul as in your actions and from the deepest part of who you are. I'm excited about our grow group. I'm excited about the, the council that we have set up a little bit to, to help us in that area. And their, their focus is going to be to help you grow in Christ, to help you grow in your relationship with Christ. They're going to be giving you opportunities. Small groups is a huge opportunity. right? Being here and listening this morning and digging in and being, being able to open up your word and be open to the change that Christ might have for you, that's a big deal. Right, but they're going to they're gonna do seminars and forums and all these other different kind of things that are designed really to, to get you engaged and to get you to grow in your own personal faith. And if, if you're sitting out there this morning and you're like, man, this sounds like exactly where I'm at. I, I'm just passionate about, man, God just growing our church spiritually. I want to see the growth in the people in our church. I want to see God just move so mightily and change the faith of those in our church. I want you to get involved in the grow group. Next week, after service, we're going to be having a, a ministry fair kind of thing. I'm going to talk about serve next week. I'm talking about the serve group. Next week, after service, we're going to have a, a ministry fair where the, I have a pair of leaders from each group, from the Connect Council and the Grow Council and the Serve Council. They're going to be out there in the foyer. They're just going to be willing to talk to you. How can I get involved? I don't want you to ask them these questions. How can I get involved in your group? What do you have for me? How can I help you? How can I help you in this focus to to have our people connect one to another? How can I help you in this focus to have our people connect to God? And next week, we're going to talk about how can we help the church be the hands and feet of Jesus in the world? How can we serve? How can we serve? Pray about that with me this week as we go. I'll be praying for you, and I'll be praying for your core muscles this week hoping that you strengthen them. I'll be working out as well. <laughs> Let's pray.